I want to welcome um, someone back to the show, actually, um, Jaguar Twin. A, uh, well, Roy English, a.k.a. Jaguar Twin, who's been on the show before. Uh, we had an incredible time, so I, I, I thought it was only fitting to have him back on. And he's um, an amazing artist, you know, singer, songwriter, producer, um, all around incredible, incredible creative dude on the spiritual realms of life um and you you know bro's been on the show before so thoughts feelings conditionings emotions um everything on the inside creates your outside exterior so my question for you roy is how are you feeling right now in this moment how am i feeling right in this moment slightly euphoric Mm -hmm. feels good to be around your presence because i mean the the question should change i mean the answer should change all the time right because it's right now it's right now yeah it's going to be different like now well i'm pretty stoked because we got pinocchio playing on the projector in the background we're sitting in the movie theater there we go and it's one of my favorite movies ever and it just gives me that happy feeling and it's also so deep because we we spoke about that last time yeah the documentary yeah 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 it's a documentary but to answer your question Slightly euphoric, happy, butterflies. Yeah. So, I mean, happiness. So, let's, I mean, that's a great place to start. I, I would say I'm feeling happy too. It's, it's, such a, it's such a thing that kind of creeps up on you, isn't it? It's not something that, I mean, to be honest, this whole weekend I've had the greatest time with my wife and daughter to a point where I was like, I don't want the weekend to end. But then I was like, well, Monday, where are you going? Because I'm at home all the time anyway. What so changes? It, so, yeah, it's like a conditioning of Friday, Saturday, Sunday is mm. like this release of the week. But I mean, pretty much my days have been the same ever since lockdown anyway. Straight up. And yeah. I think that's so funny because, you know, and this might be, I don't know exactly how accurate this is, but the weekend, why is it called the weekend? I'm not feeling weakened by the weekend. And it's almost like this potentially subconscious priming that's uh, weakened and, and you gotta like go and then you get weakened and then you go out through the week and you get weak oh from my the god week. I, n- I never thought of it like that words are crazy man it's just spelled differently isn't it it's weekend. literally spelled that means the end of your weakness mm. is coming mm. and, but during but the week true. you're weak yeah wow that's a great concept yeah and so like it's a horrible concept it's a horrible concept <laughs> and that's the same with with yeah. good morning why yeah. i say great rising now because i'm not mourning what are we mourning every yeah. day? And you know, some people just walk down the streets and they just go, morning. That's what I do. That, that, yeah, that's when I'm going for a run, morning. What? Top of the morning to you. What are you mourning? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, there's a coming to, to Jesus moment for <laughs> the start of the podcast. <laughs> right, so don't treat your week, the, the weekday, as it's weak. And don't yeah, treat the weekend day. like it's the end of, of you being weak during the week. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What what would be the the opposite of that then? Let's rename. Mm. Let's change the, the 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 what we call the week and the weekend. So the week we could call it the power. Oh, there we go. And then the weekend we could call it repower. <laughs> power end. <laughs> power beginning. Oh my god. Rest days. That's amazing. All right. So, I mean, I was on your website just pretty much before I came to, to obviously, I'm in this glorious studio house of yours. Um, and it blew my mind. Like, I've never been on a website and had an experience like that. I don't think ever. 
And, and anyone who hasn't been on it, please, please go go to um, what's the website again? Is because there's there's a in the club dot party, yeah. And then there's your actual website, jaguartwin.com. Uh-huh. I was on jaguartwin.com. It's only when I went in the party from your Twitter, uh-huh. and it was mind-boggling because you're because tr- i put it this way when you're using the mouse cursor or whatever you want to call it i'm going one way and there's an opposite going the opposite way and your whole website is pretty much that concept yeah. where the fuck did that come from well it comes from the sort of reason for jaguar twins being which is the the one the jaguar being this mythological creature as you know i'm very into mythology mm-hmm. and the jaguar is this creature that goes into the unknown and into the dark places of itself with no fear and it confronts those places and then therefore can go out into the world and see into people because it can see into itself Mm. and it sees into others and and there's a great power in that jaguar um and then the twin aspect where you which was what you saw on the website there's these two mirrored sides and it's the light and the dark as we Mm -hmm. spoke about as we were setting up um, the dual aspect of reality and, and um, good, bad, light and, and dark and feminine mask and how they all work together. Um, also, I'm a Gemini, so there's a lot of twin. <laughs> I wouldn't take you as a Gemini. Well, you know... Uh, I've known a lot of Geminis and they are not always the nicest people. You know, the the Gemini thing, I am definitely a Gemini, but I've done a lot of work in in uh some of the i guess you could say like shadow realm of what can come with the gemini and a lot of a lot of air signs in general it's like so mental and um with anything mental with anything air intellectual there's the trap of being caught in that into falling in love with your own productions with your own thoughts and you get stuck in the realm of thoughts and you know again mythologically speaking uh, you could say that, that Lucifer would be equated to the mind, to thoughts, and it's the highest angel in God's kingdom, right? But also with the greatest potential for falling, and that's that's the thoughts. That's that's sort of um, the mercurial. Wow, that word's hard to say. Mercur- mercurial. Mercurial is that what it is? Mercury. Yeah, mercury. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say the the essence of Mercury. The, the M so and it ends in R-Y. Rural. Yeah. Yeah. But that thing, yeah. it's it's how you can get stuck in thoughts. And so the the what I've really had to purpose to do through my life is to uh, find my Venus energy, meaning the heart, the center, and use use the mind and the intellect as a tool of the heart. Because the heart, you know, and even like, when you're creating, you know, I'm a musician. And for so long, I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was creating from the mind, mm-hmm. thinking, what should this sound like? What are other people going to like? Um, oh, so you were, you were creating it technically externally. I was creating it externally. Okay. And, yeah. and, and, and the intellect can only, from what I understand, and I use the word understanding extremely loosely, but can only take something that's already created and twist it. And that's not a bad thing. You can twist it for good or twist it for evil. Now the heart and the subconscious can receive information and truly create new things. And so, you know, when you're creating in the studio and you're just, you open yourself up to be a channel, songs already written. Every song that's ever been written is already written. Mm -hmm. And you just receive that. You receive the words that will be helpful. And then you can use your mind after that to kind of hone in little things and whatever. But um, that's that's a big lesson that I've had to learn. 
I guess you could say the hard way. I guess that's, you know, you, you, you can't know something until you experience it. Mm. And I think that's the circle of life is the circle continues going round if you don't learn from your experiences. Mm. Or it's, it's the kind of, you know, because we can create unconsciously or we can create consciously. I know what I would rather choose. And I'd say 80% is, I'm not even that, 60% is probably consciously. And then I can, I can figure out when I'm unconsciously creating, but I can always pull myself up at a moment before it gets too late of me, you know, rescinding that awareness or bringing that awareness to. Um, I want to dive in a little bit on the music side, just, just at the beginning of this podcast, because I love your new single. I feel like you kind of tap into this something that's not something, you know, with all your songs. There is no, like when I listen to it, I guess the humanness in me was like, what does that sound like? You know, like everyone who kind of compares something to something. I don't tend to do that. But when I listen to songs, it's something that I can hear something unique in it. And I feel like you kind of have found that, I wouldn't say niche, but, but maybe I would say a niche. It, it sounds like you. And, and, and I, was, I was sitting down and listening to the lyrics of, you know, um, I like to party. And I was like, no, Roy did not. I know Roy does. I, I mean, we all like to party. Let's be serious. But. And then the lyrics were like, I like to party at home with my friends. And I'm like, okay, I understand. This is Roy. I know where Roy's going with this. Because we've had these conversations of spiritualism and all these type of things. And there's always that guilt aspect of, you know, I like to party like, like it's a fucking mortal sin or some bullshit. Um, where did the inspiration come from that? How, how was that? How did you feel creating it? And how did you feel when you finished it? Well... Like all the songs that I'm that I'm doing, they're I guess you could say they're deceptive in some ways, but hopefully for a good reason. And and the song title's called "I Like to Party," and on on listening, oh, okay, cool, it's gonna be a party <laughs> song, you know. Um, but when you really dive into those lyrics, you know, there's a there's a few ways you can look at it. But even on a more surface level, it's like it's me sort of speaking as a mythological devil-like character. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying a new direction, affecting the state of your mind. Give me attention. Attention, the people are mine. Running around like chickens with no heads. In circles they go, looking like Charles Dickens. I mean dead. A tale was told. So what this is saying is, essentially, it's it's a, it's a there's a few layers to it. But talking about the Charles Dickens book, A Tale of Two Cities, and and the French Revolution, and and why that broke out, and because people got so polarized against themselves that they tore the fabric of society apart, and it became the bloody French Revolution, and sort of what we began to see last year, and are still seeing, and hopefully we're coming out of that as a collective, but we have people on the left saying the right is crazy and stupid. Mm -hmm. And we have people on the right saying the left is crazy and stupid or, or whatever the accusations are from each side. Now, the thing is, both sides, politically, socially, whatever it is, they're right and they're both wrong. They're both right and they're both wrong. But what we can't do is tear ourselves apart as a human race because we've seen this cycle repeat through history over and over and over and over again, but you know, it might be a hundred years, two hundred years, thousand years, and we just don't remember and we don't learn. And it's like I, I believe in humanity now that we're um 
that we're coming together through all this and we're not going to polarize to the extreme. And, and, and it has become harder because of the internet and you're just getting fed, you know, what you may be predisposed to, let's mm-hmm. say, whether you're, you know, whatever side you're on. But the point is, I like to party. You could think of that as a political party. I like to party with all my friends. And I, and let's say you want to be in the club. What club do you want to be in? Why, how are you trying to fit in? Now, like, there's a line in it, um, and it's sort of going back to the French Revolution thing, and um, there's a line that says, devil's food is a cake. Mm-hmm. You bake a truth with a lie, and you sell them the cake. And there's a lot of layers to that. But that's the that's the purpose of the song, is to kind of, like, shed light on that, and then the turning point of the song is when... It says, devil's waking up to claim the kingdom, but the people are waking up to claim what's in them. Heaven is within your heart, the kingdom. You're the kingdom. You're the king. That's not, like, those are important messages to be saying because people haven't been hearing that, especially in in popular music. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of noise, and that's not necessarily bad. That's not good. That's not evil it's not whatever it's just there it just is and art always was and it's not like i'm learning you know but my my like heart goes for like artists we have a responsibility you can talk about just like a relationship or you can talk about girls or guys or parting whatever there's nothing wrong with any of that at all but throughout history an artist's role was to, from their own perspective, this doesn't mean that my perspective is right, but from their own perspective, an artist's job, I would say, is to teach something or show, tell the truth about however they see the world. And that's how we saw, you know, the greats, you know, you have the paintings of the Sistine Chapel when you have Adam and God touching fingers. But like, and yeah, it's beautiful and it's masterful, but like, God is in the shape of the brain and you have the father as the prefrontal cortex and you have the other corresponding angelic deities with their attributes say that they were given in that place of the brain. And, and our, that's just one example of many I could give of like art. That was the purpose and music was like that for a long time. And it still is. There are some artists doing that. Yes. But like we got to step up as artists. I need to step up way more. Mm hmm. You know, I'm not even scratching the surface. And this isn't even to preach or or even say that I haven't figured out. I don't know anything. But I'm trying. I'm doing my best to how do I, I have certain gifts that I've been given. So I need to use that mm-hmm. from my perspective to 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 help the world where we're at. Because we, we, we need to come together now. Yeah. See, um, I'm going to read you a quote, right? Um, the most loving person is the person who is self-centered. Hmm. What would you take from that? Well, I think you could take it a few ways. Well, absolutely. I'd love to know your initial response. Well, I think you need to know your, the most important thing is to know yourself. Yeah. If you don't know yourself, you can't know anybody else. Now, there's, it's a paradox because you could also just become so self-centered that there 
well, that's, <laughs> yeah. an, that's, a, that's a hard road to go down. Yeah. You can go down that road, but it's a very difficult road and it's very isolating. See, see, the, it's, it's, the, the experience is always based on past experience of you feeling self-centered. So I, cause, cause, uh, I got that quote from Conversation with God, which I know you've read. Um, and I'll read you another one. What you do for yourself, you do for another. What you do for another, you do for yourself. So I'm like, I'm always, I'm very self-centered. I wouldn't say, you know, because it's the stereotyped connotation of, because I say it to so many people. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yourself, that's a selfish thing to say. I said, yeah, I'm selfish too. Like, you have to be. How can you not be? a natural trait children have a natural instinct to be selfish it's something that is theirs it's mine obviously they have no connotations of or repercussions or recourse or any type of stuff mm -hmm. but there's an essence and a beauty to that selfishness even though we see it as humans ad adults see it as something bad i think the more i take care of myself everyone around me seems to take care of themselves too and i'm not saying solely by like leaving someone behind i meant self-care mental state my mental state feels healthy my body feels healthy my relationships feel healthy because i feel healthy with my relationship with myself so everything is centered around me so therefore the filter that comes in is i'm the the, the driving force to the magnet of of life or light or however you want to you know butter it up i'm pretty practical in that sense so i understand if i feel good the people around me are going to feel good too and if they don't then we can help them feel good by the centering themselves too. And I think we, I guess as adults now, we kind of see, you know, self-love and self-care as something that shouldn't be done or it's like a guilt thing. I shouldn't be feeling good while this person over there isn't feeling good. But by you feeling good, you're only going to be helping them by feeling good too. Yeah. And I think the key word you said is self-centered, but like meaning that you are centered. Yeah centered in yourself and, and if you know yourself if you're deeply aware of what's going on then you can become deeply aware of what is going on externally and then you're changing things externally and and a loving you know i mean you basically said the words of jesus there and, and it was like love others as yourself and there's a big distinction between loving others as yourself and loving others like yourself because as yourself just means I know that I'm you and I'm you and I'm you and you're me and we're all this one thing. And so to take it to a practical level, if you walk into a party or you walk into a room or, or even just meeting someone, if you in your self-centered place, <laughs> right, feel, say, anxious or feel a little nervous, are you able to oh, I'm feeling anxious right now. Are you able to know if that's coming from them? Or if you're in a room full of people, that could be, that couldn't even be from you. That could be you taking that on from somebody else. And then if you know yourself and you're centered in yourself, you go, hmm, let me tweak that a little bit. You do some inner alchemy and then all of a sudden the people around you feel at ease because you changed it. You changed your inner center. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, people talk about like being telepathic or people talk about whatever. And it's like, everyone's telepathic. I don't even like that word. <laughs> but everyone is, yeah. you know, like you can feel so instantly if someone's authentic, if someone's loving and kind or if someone's bullshitting or if someone has not good intentions, you can feel it really quickly. It's just knowing yourself and being centered in yourself to know 
if it's coming from you or if it's coming from them and then you have options yeah <laughs> it's kind of that that innate thing because i mean from the background i come from I, I never used to trust anyone so if, if you're walking on the street and someone be like oh good morning i'll be mm. like what the fuck do they want Mm. from me mm-hmm. because i didn't trust myself mm-hmm. and i think I, I i speak a lot about that to my listeners the accountability factor the trust you know just you know it's that trust of like you said being in that room and then you start creating all these stories maybe i'm not going to fit in maybe that's not going to happen maybe i can't do this maybe i can't do that and it's all this we're innate storytellers we're just innate negative storytellers yeah you know if we were positive storytellers we'd be walking in going wow this is great all this other stuff um, but it's the polarity, isn't it? It's the kind of, you know yourself by what you know you aren't. So I know who I am because I know who I'm not. And I think that's the polarity of, you know, the good and the bad, the up, the down, the, you have to know one to know that you're not the other. Yes. And there has to be both of them for you to know either. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think back in the day that used to scare the shit out of me. Um, but now because I trust that I'm, I, I, I'm constantly creating, whether it's negative or positive or, or however you perceive it, right or wrong or whatever, I am constantly in a flux of creation. Right now we're creating, even when you think you're not. So I used to grow up and think I'm not creative because I, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to do music or do all these type of things. And I started going into music business and understanding the fundamentals of how songwriters would write songs. Um, and how I can get the best out of a song and get it to certain people. And this, the kind of the structured work I was always so good at. And then I was like, well, that's fucking creative. And I didn't, until I turned it around, I was like, wow, your whole life is creation. Even if you think you can't get out of bed, you know, that you're creating, not getting out of bed. Yes. That is still creation. We just have to flip it on its head and be like, well, the polarity of me, you're always creating. So there is no polarity really. But you have to understand the innate power and the accountability of the creation. Yes. You got to know what you're creating. And that's where awareness and it comes into it. Um, I want to ask you, like, because I've asked you this before, but I never worded it like this because I didn't really have it. Again, my leveling up, which we spoke about before. Who are you and who do you want to be? Because we talk about, you know, manifesting creation and, you know, because if you ask me who I am, I couldn't answer you specifically because I'm constantly in flux. I could probably ask you, uh, answer you right now, but who do I want to be is someone, I guess, is, is giving my word, my thought to my word and of action to bring that thing closer to me. Mm. Um, and who do, who do I want to be? I've, I guess I've never asked myself that question. I want to be someone with no resistance to anything. I want to be like, if something comes in, it flows straight through me without a second thought. And it brings in that kind of thing as well, because I've started doing this thing of, you know, um, think before you act. I've got rid of that. Now I act before I think. Hmm. So I never second yes. guess myself. And, I, and again, I had someone on the show previously and they were like, well, if I would act, you know, before thinking, uh, there would be hell to pay. But that's not what I'm asking. That's not the specification. I'm, I'm, that's not my connotation. That's not what I'm saying. I come from a place that's quite positive. So I understand that. When I come up with a concept or an idea of something that I think is good, I question it enough until I'm like, oh, this is not a good idea. When I should have acted before I let the thoughts come in. That's kind of what I mean by the mm-hmm. act before you think. Yeah, I mean, that's huge too. Because it's sort of the idea of there's that little voice in your centeredness 
that you could call the voice of God, you could call it your higher self, you could call it the universe, whatever name. You could Socrates would call it his daemon. <laughs> and whatever name you want to use, that's cool. But there's that voice. And so this is also to answer your question, like, who do I want to be? I want to be the one that always follows that voice, no matter what. Because of so many times it doesn't make sense. And it, it, it like small things though, even where it's like, what should I eat right now? Or, or should I eat this? And it goes, no, don't do that. You don't need that cake. Or maybe it's like, yeah, eat that. You're, that's cool. But there's always different voices in your head pulling you. There's a present, there's a past and a future. But if you're listening to that voice in your centeredness and you always choose what that does, magic starts to happen. And, and, and it's sort of like, it's so funny because it's told in so many different ways throughout time in different religions or traditions or even science. Like it's told so many ways. Um, you know, I grew up in the West, so I was predisposed, let's say, to Christianity and that language, that vernacular. So I can, I can use some of those words to understand these concepts that are bigger than a structure, let's say. Um, but like in the, say the Abrahamic stories, they tell Abraham walked with God or even Adam and Eve walked with God. And you're like, what does that mean? And really what they were getting at was these characters listened to that voice no matter what. And if it told them to do something, they did it. Even if it was sacrifice your son and, and burn him, it was like, I have to listen to that voice and do it. And there's stories to articulate those concepts and then the good that happens from that. But like, they sound crazy and terrifying because we don't know how to read them anymore. We're not reading them as these poems and these and these ways of articulating some deep understanding of how the universe works. And when Socrates was asked why he's the wisest man in the land, he just said, all I do is listen to my daemon, whatever it tells me to do. And when he was on trial for corrupting the minds of the youth or whatever, and he was going to be put <laughs> to death, he was like, you know, all his homies were like, let's get you out of here or whatever. And his daemon says, no, you're not going anywhere. And he listened to it. And that's incredibly profound. Like, and, and I'm just purposing to do that more. Like, funny story and I won't say the whole thing because it's really nuts but I was going to Whole Foods the other day two days ago just driving my car and I said all right I'm gonna whatever this whatever my intervoice whatever you want to call it tells me to do I'm gonna do it at the store whatever that is and so I'm wait wait so, so you went there to to get food I went there to get groceries, okay, but on the way there, I'm driving and I said, whatever, while I'm at the store, whatever this voice Ooh, tells me okay. to do, I'm going to do it, yeah. even if it doesn't make sense, because it's not going to make sense. It never does at first. Yeah. Like you're saying, you think later. Yeah. And so anyway, I go and right as I walk up, there's this kind of like old man in an electric wheelchair, maybe looks like he's homeless or something or I'm not like just that was just my judgment, my predisposed judgment. And he asked the woman, the woman working there for um, where's the shampoo or whatever. And then she told him and I was like, oh, I need to get conditioner, actually. So I walked over there and then, <laughs> and then I wasn't really thinking much of it. But then I got my shampoo and I was going to go like to the left where I, I kind of have my route. And then he was like on the on the other end of the aisle and he was going to go the other way. And I heard the inner voice go, 
just walk past him. So I was like, ah, easy enough. So I was like, just walk past him. And as I was walking up, it just says, um, ask him how his day was. So I just looked at him and I said, said, how's your day going? The dude looks me in the eyes, stands up. He was not who I thought he was. He was like, he looked like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. He had these huge blue eyes and he was actually like pretty fit, probably like six, two, like, and he just looks at me. Dennis pauses like a few seconds staring me in the eyes and he goes, it's an honor for you. Or no, he goes, he goes, it's an honor for me to meet you. Oh, wow. And then I just look at him and I was like, it's good to see you again. And, and, it, and it turned into this like 40 minutes of this guy is like, he's worked with Pope John Paul II and he's like worked with world leaders and he's like, amazing he's built like these crazy businesses and he had his his friend there who also came up who was this zen master they're both like in their 70s 80s mm-hmm. and like this amazing deep conversation where i was just mind blown of like the knowledge and the wisdom that these two had um and it's a much longer story and and we ended up getting dinner and it was just like so beautiful but it's like just things like that you a mm. little thing just listening to that little voice it guides you to the people and at this time i was working on this thing what i needed help for and they're like oh well we do that and blah 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 and whatever that's a story for a different time but it was <laughs> like oh it will guide you and that's the yeah. idea that's outlined in the Bible or in other religions, like that if you listen to the voice of God or the universe or your daemon or your spirit or whatever it is, you're going to go towards what you want to achieve. Now, there's that doesn't mean that this is going to be like flowing and happy and everything's going to work right there, but it will lead you in that direction. It's yeah. like that book, The Alchemist, if you've ever read that. I love that. that book. Yeah. It's one of my great favorite books of all time. Me too. That, what a fucking story. I mean... Now, imagine if we could do that in every aspect of our life. That, that is what I'm talking about with the no resistance of being completely, you know, flat. It was like throwing yourself at the wind and just, just flowing. It's such a difficult concept. I mean, even, even the fact that you said, um, you know, you like to go around the, the, the supermarket a certain way. I'm the same. I'm like, I know where I'm going. I know where everything is. There is nothing to chance which is not living. Mm-hmm. That's recreating the same experience that you've experienced over and over again instead of, and it's funny, you know, because I spoke about, you know, um, my ego before we did the show when we were kind of catching up, you know, because I don't go out, you know, when I was in a restaurant, my, my certain things were taking too long and I was like, where is it? And I'm like, what is the fucking rush? Where am I going? And it was only kind of, I, I kind of pulled myself into that moment of, and then the ego started building and everything else. And I started getting a taste for the ego again. And, and then I told you, I woke up the next day and I felt hungover, not because of drink or alcohol, it's because of the ego. And I was like, I didn't, at the time I enjoyed it. I enjoyed because it was coming back. I f- could feel it coming back. And I realized I've lived a, a, a decent amount of time without egoness. I kind of tap into ego of when I, you know, really want something. Um, but even now I've, I've st- I'm into this concept of, because when, when I asked you, you know, who you want to be or, or, or the things that you want, you know, I, I could sit here and go, well, I want this. And I understand, you know, 
currency is is innate for our society to for me to be i feel i'm free the more money i make the more free i am that's kind of my concept of freedom even though freedom is free this free will that is your freedom um and and, and i sit there and i because i write these things down i want this or i want that or why don't i have these things or why don't i have these and just that concept of i want brings more situations for me in my universe for wanting mm-hmm. not for having and you mentioned it of the the thing is i am you said i can't remember what you said but you said something i am something and it was such a powerful statement and i believed you tenfold whenever whenever i say i want money or i felt to say i am rich mm-hmm. two different parallels you see what i'm saying and then Very again different. rich is not necessarily the 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 currency of it is more the the freedom. I'm rich in love. I'm rich in family. I'm rich in friendship. I'm rich in conversations. I'm rich in abundance in everything. But I am those things, not I want those things. Mm-hmm. And once I switched that concept, I was like, whoa, I'm leveling up because I, I, these are, I, when you want something on an intrinsic level, on a practical level, the universe gives you wanting. The wanting because that's what you're asking for. And I never thought of it like that. And how many times have you written down, like, I want this, I want that, or I want this, or I want that. And then you keep wanting shit mm-hmm. instead of being yes. those things. Yes. I want love. I am love. Yes. And that is kind of a parallel to the idea of becoming the sun. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what does the sun do? It radiates light, love, and it's glowing and it's all in and of itself. But then what happens gravity and love is gravity and then everything starts orbiting around that sun and it's cultivating your own inner sun and that's you got to be centered like you said in yourself Mm -hmm. you have to know thyself to get to that place where you can be the sun and everyone doesn't mean that you're the only sun yeah but it means that you are the sun and and then when people see that you become this this beacon of wherever you go, I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm like the sun, pour out light to everyone that I encounter. And that helps them to grow and it helps you to grow. And it's just like, man, we need to do that. We need to be sons. I have another concept for you too. Um, so, you know, you, cause you know, we talk about this type of stuff, free will and which we do, we have a hundred percent free will to do whatever we want. This is the reason why we were created. Um, and we manifest everything to the finite detail, to aging, to the way you look, to the way you're, you know, everything in your life is you. Would you say this is heaven on earth? It depends on what you define as heaven. Um, that's a good point. I mean. Because some people are going to think heaven's this place in the sky with these gates. Maybe they are to those people. And maybe it is to those people. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can manifest in life, you clearly manifest in death. So if you believe when you die that you're going to see pearly white gates, I'm sure you will. You know, but I mean, because I think this is heaven on earth. I've seen so many in terms of the concept of heaven. It's always now, you know, I know what my what is the right decision for me because it's always my highest choice. It's always the highest thing. I have this thing now, which I got from conversations with God is anything in my life 
my reaction to it, which I try and do, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm probably like 22% there is what would love do now? And you speak about your inner voice. You could say the same thing of, yes. you know, you were following that innate love because it wasn't a negative thing that was, that was speaking sure. to you. It was clearly someone, something positive because it led you to a positive situation right? Or, or, or a situation regardless of whether it's positive or negative. And that's knowing yourself because yeah. you have to know the difference between that voice because you can also follow the other voice. <laughs> if but, I followed that voice, I would not be here. To do- <laughs> yes, straight up. I would have been still at that party. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, I mean, it must be, there must be something else. And and that's kind of how I kept my deep, my ego in check was not that ego's bad. Clearly it was created to mm-hmm. guide the body to survive. Yes. Another concept is, um, I know we live forever. We just, we transform our energies, transform whatever you want to put it, practically speaking. And the conversation with God says, you think if I am perfect, if God is perfect, which everyone says, says every religious text says God is perfect. Would I make you anything less than perfect if you are of me? So I'm like, okay, great. We're all made perfect. Now, would if he made us all perfect, why would God make humans to live for 60, 70 years? He states in the book that we can live forever. Physically. It's a strange concept because I, I, I sit there and think, well, because I'm, I'm trying to master the art of the understanding of thoughts and feelings this is why i do this podcast and everything else and really tapping into every finite detail every detail on your skin your fingernails your hair your eyes the um, the people around you your job your situation everything is you you're creating as a god so therefore we are gods i believe i'm a god i believe I, I, it's not blasphemous for me to say that if i'm creating my whole existence we are all gods god made us as part of him mm-hmm. of god with no conditions now, if we truly condition ourselves to know that we can live forever, do you think it's possible? In a physical body. In a physical body. I think everything is possible. <laughs> is, but, is there a but? Well, the but is not on everything is possible. The question is why would you desire to live in a physical body? I, I, I would absolutely live forever. But but your sense of being never goes away. Your I am. So you're in the body right now and you have the I am. No matter if I'm here, if your wife here is your kids, you're still perceiving everything as I am, whether you're alone or with people. And so is everybody else. But that I am is the same I am. And so when you leave your physical body to go on to other planes of reality, those are some awesome planes. <laughs> and and this is a dense and it's beautiful here on earth. I'm happy to be here. I know you're happy to be here. But it is it's 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 uh it's challenging in different ways for every single person. And some we can look at as like, well, that's I can totally see how that's challenging. And some people might be the most rich and famous people in the world. That's still challenging greatly challenging in the physical and um but that's the point of taking on the the physical experience it's like you fall from heaven you could say and and but then we go on and we live forever as i am as individuated consciousness and we you know we keep going and it's beautiful i don't i don't know if if one would really want to live forever in the physical 
And I, I actually had this conversation with my, with my wife, and we we absolutely would. You would, yeah. But I think we've. I mean, we have the best time. Like we're, but then again, it's because it's maybe it's that little bit of fear of the unknown. But it wouldn't maybe. change. Yeah, I, well, I, I, it would I, change. But you know, you what see I mean? what I'm saying? Because because yeah. I don't know. No one knows, and there's beauty sure. in that, and I love it. But I don't know, and I and, and I love the relationships I have. I love who I'm becoming, mm-hmm. and I understand we transform in terms of energies. But I'm not sure I want to transform mm. my energy. You see what I'm saying? Is it, I do. So it's that kind of it's that that I wouldn't say it's a stalemate because we always my wife and I always had this joke of we're going to live to a hundred. And then I saw the oldest person who's lived is 120. So we're like, okay, we're going to live to 120. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I think I saw it on, um, oh, it was like a Netflix show of, of Explained, I think it's called. And they have everything. And it was like, can you really live forever? And it was like 120. And then there was this person who was like, would you really want to live to 120? And then you start thinking about, well, pension and then 401ks. Is it going to last to 120? There's all this innate fear nonsense. And I was like, why not? You know? As long as I could live to 120 with the people around me who would also live to 120. But if you're never losing any of the people around you, and if you're never losing the love and the joy and the experience, and it only gets amplified times a thousand. I, I still would. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let, let, I, I want to do a quick, it's not even quick because this is like a spiritual Q&A. Based on kind of, I guess... Yeah, we're getting deep here, my friend. We're, I want to dive deep because I feel like I could really go there with you. And, and, and the thing about the, the podcast that I love, that I do, is I can't speak for experience from someone else. So when I answer, I don't answer based on anyone else. I answer based on myself and my experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can do. I can't, you know... Um, so, all right, so let, let's, let's dive in, shall we? This, and this is all based on conversation we've got. And I'm sure my listeners are like, fucking hell, Lou. You talk about these books all the time because... For me, uh, the God concept for me has been uh, such a strange relationship. I never had God. God never existed to me. The whole concept of God was this, you know, object or a manly thing that I did not like. It's nothing I want to be a part of. and It just didn't resonate with anything who I am or who I'm becoming or trying to become. And then I stumbled on conversation with God and I was like, fuck this is a God I could, I could buy into. This is a God I could, I could, I wouldn't say worship, but this is someone who I could look up to or someone who could be a mentor or someone who could, I guess, help guide you, even though you have free will. So you are guiding you. God is always there for you to listen to. And even that concept for me is kind of strange, you know? Um, so these kind of, these kind of quotes I, I came up with almost like the best of book one. And I want to kind of dive in into you with that for now. Um, and because, because he, I guess he or she, God, basically says, when you realize there is a God, you also realize you don't need God. And that is God's joy is when you realize you don't need God. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, that's a God I could buy into. All right. So let's, let, let, let's dive in. Um, uh, uh, uh. Enlightenment is understanding that there is nowhere to go, nothing to do, and nobody you have to be except exactly who you are right now. I love that. What else can you say? You can't to say that? Any, right, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Because agreed. 
I feel guilty sometimes of, you know, coming from the pub world and, you know, having a roster of 40, 50 people and, you know, hustling and bustling. The competition is there. Everything is fierce. Market share, what type of shit. And when I stepped away from that, it was almost a guilt of I'm not doing that anymore. There's a guilt within me of maybe I'm not working hard enough or maybe I'm not working as hard as I used to be because I see my work now as easy. I'm like, generally, I'm like, I feel guilty because I'm working easy and I'm manifesting easy shit because that's that's what I that's what I believe I am. I'm easy. I am easy. Yes. You know, things come easily. Yes. And I feel that there's an innate guilt to that because it's like, well, you can have easy shit, too. You just have to recondition your mind to think yes. easy. Yes. And it's almost tricking your mind to think easy. And that's what's so, you know, destructive about the victim mentality that's that's told to us from Well, the there isn't no, there kids. is no victims. No. And that's a that's a really difficult concept because that's not to say bad things don't happen to people. Yeah. But each thing that happens to someone on crazy varying degree there's some really dark things that happen to people but within everything that happens it's this opportunity to to grow and to make this like beautiful life from that like every negative truly creates a positive Mm -hmm. and and that's said religiously in a lot of ways but it's scientific every negative force creates something positive the feminine aspect births all creation that's the birthing place man what's even i think a little more scary to wrap your head around is that every positive also creates a negative you think so yeah i don't think so forever it's a battery you think you think the but isn't that the same as cause and effect if you cause something negative the effect is negative i wouldn't say it's if you cause something negative it's a positive maybe the experience is to understand the opposite of negative is positive it may, I mean, there's so many ways that it can look. 